the host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Foundation Friday number 15. And this week's topic on Foundation Friday is teaching, teaching the game of basketball. We're in uh, mid to late January at the time of uh, taping this. And you're a couple months into the season. Uh, the routine is set in. Perhaps you're bored with the routine. Perhaps your players are bored with the routine. You need to come into the gym every day with the attitude that I am going to teach the game today. Uh, the most important you can say about coaching is that you have to teach the game. The first point that I want to make today is that the gym is just another classroom. And if you're if you're a good classroom teacher, you're going to be a good classroom teacher uh, or you're going to be a good coach because you extend that gymnasium uh, as, another, as another piece of your classroom. You should always be looking for teachable moments in the gymnasium. Most of the time it's going to be associated with the skills of the game, but oftentimes it's not. Okay, so you have to keep your eye out for it. All right. Uh, in order to teach, you have to build trusting relationships beyond the lines so that the players feel safe around you, uh, that they know that that you are there for their best interests, whether it's praising them, whether it's prompting them, whether it's getting after them a little bit, whether you're constructively criticizing them. Uh, you have to part of your organization in your in your classroom, i.e. gymnasium, is that you everybody speaks the same language. We are going to call our man to man defense blank green let's say that's what we used to use okay uh it's not man to man hey let's go man no let's go green all right uh this formation we call it utah it's it's not a one four high run your one four high run your utah okay so everybody speaks the same language just like you would in the classroom you're going to you know this assignment is called a study guide this assignment is called lecture notes uh this is a discussion period whatever you want to call it you have to have the same consistent language all right Focus on relationship building every day. Every day you can either build a relationship up or you can tear a relationship down. But nothing stays the same. All right. Um, I'm going to borrow this directly from the Hardwood Hustle podcast. That which gets praised gets repeated. So if you want to really encourage your kids to box out, point out great box outs by your players. If you need to work on uh, taking care of the basketball and valuing possession, praise situation in which you have uh, a player or players do a good job of valuing the possession and making good decisions, all right? At the end of practice, and, and this is not in any particular order, so we're going to come back to things here, uh, you know, have, you know, pick out a player. Here's an idea. Uh, pick out a player and say, hey, what what did what did Mary or Frank do really well today? What did you see from, from Mary or Frank? And have your teammates point out things that they did well with that player, all right, and 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 so that they hear it from their teammates, all right. Um, you want to encourage uh, interaction with your players. You want to keep that door open. They're going to see things on the floor that you're not going to see, and so when a player asks a question, be sure to compliment them on that question, especially if it's a good question. You know, hey, coach, uh, if we shade this gal this way. Uh, you know, what do we do if she, if we start shading her here? Okay. Hey, you know, Becky, that's a great question. Here's what we're going to do. All right. Uh, and, and sometimes you're going to get bad questions. You're going to get bad questions. So you need to prepare yourself. Well, Hey, you know what, uh, Becky, that's a good thought, but we're not going to address that right now. Give me, give me a, a drill. Give me a day. I'll come back to that or something like that. Okay. Uh, it is important 
that you have that you know and you establish relationships with two to four of the most important players on your team and they're not necessarily your best players but your most influential players on your team um you take the complicated when you're teaching you take the complicated and you make it simple you break it down we talked a little bit about this in our scouting and preparation pod belichick does a great job of taking all of this complex stuff and he says hey we're going to take away this and we're going to take away this and we're going to do this and this and this is how we're going to win the game you need to explain to your players how to stay into the game you need to explain to your players how you're going to win the competition all right uh check in with your players you know, how's their personal lives going? Uh, as you're, you know, we all have that time period where you're not ready for practice to start. Not everybody's out there. You're out there in the gym. Just don't stand there in the corner and and just talk shop with your coaches or things like that. Go around. Hey, you know, how, how's classes going? What's going on with this? How's, uh, how's things going with your college search? If you're talking with an upperclassman, junior, senior, let's say, those type of things. Uh, let them know how much that you care. All right. Now we talked about players asking questions. I think it's important that you ask questions of your players within practice. Hey, we're going to shade number 10 from East High this direction. Uh, Frank, why are we doing this? Why are we shading number 10 this way? Especially after you've gone over the scouting report. Frank should be able to say, hey, well, we're doing that this way, coach, because he doesn't like to go right. So we're going to push him here and this is where we're going to trap. All right. Hey, and then you point out, hey, great answer, Frank. Good job. Give him a big round of applause, that type of thing. All right. The longer the explanation, the shorter the attention span. Seven second corrections. I can't emphasize that enough. Your players are in practice to practice and the shorter you can keep your explanations we learn but 55 percent of what we learn is by doing it okay so you can explain it and there comes a time and a place where you have to explain things but explain and then do and and if you need to revisit it try to revisit as shortly as you can as quickly as you can and get back to the doing so that they can master the skill as quickly as possible all right uh explain to your team how important practices are and we will win the game. We will win competitions in practice. I think that's important that you phrase it. Everybody gets to, to Friday night, and they want to win that Friday night. Well, the, the preparation of Friday night is done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you have to emphasize on a daily basis why Monday is important, why Tuesday is important, especially this time of year. They may think, well, I just don't have it today. And you may not have it today. You know what you got to do? You fake it. You fake it, you figure it out, you have to bring that energy on a daily basis to get excited and to improve and to understand that competitions are won in practice. And you can go back and you can, you know, a, a film study on Saturday morning after watching Friday night's game. Hey, you know what? We worked on this uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We didn't do a very good job on it uh, in our competition last night. And here's film proof of us not, you know, because we didn't do it well in practice didn't carry over to our competition, and that's why we lost by six points last night. We've got to correct that. Is that correctable? Yep. All right. Then we got to correct it. We've got to do it better. Okay. Uh, do not, and I cannot emphasize this enough, and this comes definitely from personal experience, um, and, I, and I think that, you know, in my career, I handled it very well. Uh, do not lower your expectations to accommodate a selfish player within your organization. They either rise up to your level expectation or they leave or you have a parting of the ways. 
Okay, and, and we're not encouraging kids to quit. We're not encouraging kids to transfer or anything like that. But you have to establish a level of expectation that you require of every player. And, and, it's, and it's all things that you can control that every player, no matter how talented they are, can control. How we're going to conduct ourselves, what type of body language we're going to have, how hard we're going to work and practice, how we're going to treat our teammates. And if you cannot accommodate that, if you cannot reach our standard, you know what? Then we've, we've got an issue. And, and that's why you know, that's why you're not playing is because you're not doing this and this and this. But I'm not going to lower my standard to reach your level of expectation. Your job is to reach my level of expectation. So don't let that go, coaches. It's easy, especially this time of year, to allow those things to happen. Make sure that you are constantly applying pressure, thinking of great ways in practice to apply pressure. The other night in our coaches interview pod, uh, coach, you know, I talked about one possession games, you know, apply that pressure. It doesn't have to be this long drawn out cauldron of 10 minute thing or that type of thing, but you're applying pressure because when pressure hits, you are not going to rise to the occasion. You're going to sink to the level of your training. And that's an old uh, Navy SEAL axiom right there that, you know, you're not going to rise to the level of the, of the occasion. You're going to sink to the level of your training. And you have to have that high expectation, that high standard, so that when you get into those pressure situations and when special plays are needed, your players will step up to that level and 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 their level of training is higher than the, your opponents all right adversity you know at this time of the year the wins or the losses are racking up maybe you're meeting expectations maybe you're disappointed in your season that's up to everybody on an individual basis but every team is going to face adversity could be an injury could be a game they should have won uh could be a, a chemistry issue uh could be a, a, a family illness or a, a personal issue that that one or more players are going through uh this comes from from Urban Meyer. Every team faces adversity. Mediocre teams are destroyed by it. Good teams survive it. Great teams get better because of it. And, and it's up to you as a coach to stay strong, to stay consistent, to, to stay by the standards and the principles and the values and the culture that you've established within your program to try and get your teams through this adversity. Now, there's only so much you can do but it's your job to show the example. It's up to the players to follow along and follow through with that. And, and you get as many of those players on board as you possibly can. All right. Two more things. You get to write your story every year. And, and one of the things I would always tell my teams, uh, especially as the season went along, hey, we're writing our story. And, you know, th there's a lot of this story to be read. And, and, Every story is going to have its ups and downs. If there's no adversity, if there's no problems, then it's a boring story. Okay. Uh, if Luke Skywalker doesn't go through everything that he goes through, he doesn't ultimately come out to be uh, the greatest Jedi ever as a as an example, or Frodo Baggins, uh, all the ups and downs that he went through in the Lord of the Rings and, you know, pick your stories, whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, the hero's journey is a journey and it's and it's a journey of ups and it's a journey of downs and you have to navigate it. Uh, but especially with your returning teams, what I emphasized to my teams is once that book is read, we put it on the shelf and we start writing a new one. And I think that's a great symbol we're, we're you know, that's a great book and we want to go back and we want to revisit it uh, at, at certain points, but we're not going to live in the past. We're not going to keep reading that book over and over again. We need to write a new story the next year. All right. 
The most important thing you can teach your team is to play free, play hard, play loose, have fun. You know, um, when you have that energy, when you have that magic, and I've been really fortunate both as a head and an assistant coach to have multiple teams that have had that magical feeling about them. And, and some of these teams went on to awesome, awesome win and one, uh, you know, win and loss records. And others of them were, were good teams, not great teams, but really good teams. But it was a, it was a, an incredible journey. Encourage your kids to play loose, play hard, uh, play together, play free and have fun. And if you can teach that in practice, then that's going to carry over to your competition. So continue to teach coaches, continue to teach. You're in the dog days. Uh, continue to teach as the season goes along here. Uh, while you're teaching, you know, be sure to demonstrate the standards, the cultures, the values that you have established within your program. All right. Uh, follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin. Email us, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Uh, if you got any questions, anything you'd like for, for me to cover here in any of these podcasts, any suggestions you might have. Obviously, if you're listening, you're on iTunes or SoundCloud, appreciate it. Rate, review, spread the word, let people know what, what I'm trying to do here with the pod here. Uh, coaches, good luck here during the dog days. Keep fighting, keep teaching every single day. And as always, be sure to hone your craft one day at a time.